This is Packers Live Sports Show with Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. And we're coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM. Raleigh. I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm Carson Wise. And we are absolutely stoked, thrilled, ecstatic to be coming at you live. And uh, so John is out today. Subbing in, coming in clutch, Carson Wise is subbing in. He is going to be, for f- for the future, a official uh, Packers Life correspondent. So uh, Carson, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your major, and what you're going to be doing with uh, Packers Life a little bit later in the year. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, big fan of you guys' show. My main goal today is just not to mess it up. You guys do a great job. Um, but yeah, I'm from Blacksburg, Virginia. Here as a grad student, former student athlete at NC State. Um, ben and John and myself had the idea where I'm going to be doing some interviews with some mm-hmm. athletes. Um, We're going to have those interviews for you right here on Packers Life later on this semester. It's really look like looking like that's going to pop right on through. Yeah, but um, what's on the docket for today's show? What are we going to be talking about um, today? Well, we got NFL just started up. First game yesterday, right? Yes, yes. Did you get a chance to see that game? I saw bits and pieces. I had my own fantasy draft going, and so I didn't get to catch the whole game. Another fantasy Um, player. Okay, that's good. That's good. We're going to talk some fantasy football a little bit later. Later, uh, Panthers, Cowboys. Uh, NC State's football win over James Madison. That was a good football game. A lot closer. Great game. Great game. A lot, a lot closer than what a lot of people actually expected from the Wolfpack and the Dukes. But we're also going to talk about those non-revenue sports. Uh, Carson is pretty uh, affiliated here with the volleyball cl- uh, team as well. We're going to talk about some volleyball. Talk. We have a couple notes actually about swimming and diving. But first, we're going to kick this off with. Uh, Men's and women's soccer. Both soccer teams are undefeated to date, have not lost. And right here, we're going to catch you up on what happened last week in men's soccer. So we hosted the Presbyterian uh, Blue Hose, which is, I Googled it, it's kind of a sock. It was the stockings from the football team from back in the day. So Presbyterian's mascot is a blue sock. Interesting. Pretty much. It's got to be a first. Well, I mean, you have the Chicago White Sox, the Boston Red Sox. I mean, gosh, get get more creative. Anyway, when you throw some socks into a den of wolves, they're going to come out a little bit scathed, and they did so last Friday evening in the form of a 2-0 loss to the Wolfpack of NC State. But Presbyterian is not all that bad. They did win their conference in 2017. That You'll see a trend here. Um, After a uh, a scoreless first half, uh, Gabriel Machado, he scored... For the second consecutive match, and it was the game winner, what eventually was the game winner, in the 54th minute to give the pack a 1-0 lead. That's right. Remained 1-0 most of the game. C.J. Sparks ended up putting the match away in the 86th minute. Um, Sophomore midfielder David Loera recorded the assist on both goals. Yeah, I uh, figured out because I went to that game. That was a great game. Highly recommend going to these soccer games, not only to support the team, but also because they are hella fun. But uh, I le- we've been saying David Laura on the show, but he's number 10. He's the center mid or one of the center mids. I don't know the exact system they run, whether they have one or two. Um, but he, a- everyone calls out his name. He's a fan favorite. And whenever he gets the ball, he's so fast, so quick with his feet. There's always someone going out, David. So his name is David Loera, even though we've been saying uh, David Laura. And after watching a couple of games this year and last year, to me, he's the most valuable player on the team. I know Manny Perez is the best player on the team, uh, but uh, David, David Loera, uh, Manny Perez. Did I, say, did I say David Perez? Manny Perez. I don't know if I, whichever one I said. It's Manny Perez. Anyway, Loera uh, led the Wolfpack in assists last year as a freshman, and he did assist on both goals on this game. On the first goal, Perez had a pass down the sideline to Simon Blotko on the wing, and Blotko whipped a perfect ball to Loera, whose header was almost... Almost went in, but the goalkeeper had to make a diving save, and Machado was in the right place at the right time to clean it up and give NC State that 1-0 advantage. It's also a great game for the goalkeeper, Leon Kraft. Uh, ninth career shutout, I believe. Yeah, um, in 21 games, he's just a sophomore. Also, I will say I was right behind the uh, Presbyterian goalkeeper for that game. Mm-hmm. 
Heckling in soccer is better than any other sport you can watch here at NC State because I was literally 15 feet behind this guy. And I was, I will, not to brag, but I was, it, we were heckling him, the section I was in, so much that the, uh, I guess, usher, he came mm-hmm. over. And we were not cursing. We weren't, say, like, doing yo mama jokes or anything bad like, like that. It was, he's like, you can't uh, use the guy's name. Had to call his uh-huh. number. That's really lame. Like, That's Usher great. at the soccer game. That's, you know, just let us have a good time. Anyway, um, that, was, uh, that was a really fun time heckling the goalkeeper for Presbyterian. Yeah, I think that gives um, NC State a great home field advantage as well. Mm-hmm. Being, I've, I've been to a couple uh, college soccer games, grew up in Blacksburg, going to Virginia Tech games, and there, I don't think I've ever been to another stadium where you're right there on the goalie. And for those of you who have not been to a game, um, the student section moves from the first half to the second half to stay behind the yeah. opposing goalie. And all the games I'm at, I, I'm just in my head like, wow, this goalie, we've got to be in, the, in their head. So great home field advantage, great way to set up the stadium um, for the yeah. athletic department there. And the second goal was actually right in front of me. So what happened in the second goal was Perez – Loera was in the middle, center mid. The guy is just a mastermind. He's always looking to pass the ball, much to the chagrin of a lot of fans who want him to shoot it because it's David, shoot the ball. <laughs> but he's always looking to pass. He found Perez streaking down the right side lane who crossed it in to um, C.J. Sparks, who it was, it was like in the perfect spot. The goalie had to go out for it, mm-hmm. and Sparks was able to kick it past the goalie and had to actually jump the goalie. And he just does a sweep by the student section, just screaming and flexing in front of us. Because like it was just such a cool goal in the 86th yeah. minute, it put the game away. So, I actually like almost like soccer games more than going to the football games because they're always wow. they're always in the evening. It's always really cool. You get to watch the sunset on Dale Soccer Field. It is really cool. But that wasn't the um, only game we played. We had just come off a victory over number two Akron. We talked about on the show last week, and we were ranked number 14 in the country. So after beating Akron, beating Presbyterian convincingly, a, a, conf- a team that won their conference last year, we moved up to number four in the polls. And we went to, well, we hosted William and Mary, a team that won their conference. And how did that game turn out, Carson? We won again. And there you go. 14 to 4, that's a pretty big jump. Um, I think that's pretty impressive right there. When you, you do that to the second ranked team, um, that'll do it for you. But I believe it was after this game, Machado was named. Yeah, ACC, ACC and National Player uh, yeah, of the Week. Yeah, not just ACC, but National Player of the Week for his. Uh, two goal, two game-winning goals in those mm-hmm. two games. He didn't um, get the game-winner in this goal. It's in this game. This was a two-to-one double overtime thriller versus William and Mary again. Once again, a team that won their conference. The game winner was scored by Christoph Schnuli, who is from Switzerland. He's a graduate. Uh, he's a senior from Switzerland, and he had the game winner in the hundred and third minute. It was the third consecutive victory over a team that won this conference, and it moved us to 4-0 and 4-0, which was our best start since 2012. Yeah, frustrating game, frustrating first half for the Pack, too. I know they had a lot of chances in the first half. I believe they had a missed PK as well, um, but they finally get the equalizer and then win it in overtime. Um, Tyler, Tyler Gabarra won the penalty for his team in the 39th minute when he was brought down inside the area while trying to get his head on the cross, following the corner kick. Um, and then sophomore David Norris stepped up with the penalty shot. Um, his attempt was saved, um, like I said, but then later in the half is when they did were, did manage to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, Machado, uh, Machado bent a free kick right to Manny Perez off of a penalty, off of a foul outside the box, and he, it, it went right to his feet, and he was able to put it in the back of the net for uh, the second his second of the year and his sixth goal of his very very uh, illustrious Wolfpack career. And we have more on Manny Perez in a little bit. But uh, Schnuli, like I said, he was a senior from Switzerland, got that game-winning goal. He's a defender on the back line. So it was off of a corner kick. Machado had the corner, and he crossed it to the far side to Sparks, who headed it in a dangerous area. And then it was headed by a William & Mary defender, but right to David Loera, who tried one of those really quick turnaround shots, which deflected off a defender, and the goalie had went for the shot, which left an open net. And Schnuli just came running in from the right side. And if you haven't seen it, I think we retweeted it on our Twitter. Um, so you have to watch that. That was just amazing. The student section just went bonkers. Like, if you haven't gone to a men's soccer game, you you got to go. Yeah. And, and, and that one, and that goal, that was one of those where it 
was just being in the right place at the right time. Uh, you know, it was a good set piece, but then just with the deflection right right to him, put it in the back of the net to seal the game. It was it was really, really amazing. I think um I think he did like the sliding celebration, which I guess is what Classic. soccer players do. You played soccer in high school, right? I did. I played uh, until 11th grade. First love for sports. Uh, big soccer fan, and so looking forward to seeing, you know, with this great start, looking forward to following the team further. Did you ever score, or were you on the back line? I played mostly defense, so I rarely scored. But when I did, I enjoyed that moment. I think I hit a knee slide or two in the rare instance when I found the net. I only played rec soccer, and I had one hat trick one time. I never missed a penalty, though. I never I missed, missed one. First time I scored when I was like 11, I had just started playing soccer, so I wasn't that good, but I picked it up relatively quickly, and I feel like I could have played high school ball, but again, they didn't let homeschoolers, uh, actually in my county, in Franklin County, I definitely could have played high school ball, mm-hmm. just because it's not like a, as big as it is in Raleigh, but like I just ran around screaming, I scored, and there were kids mocking me, but like we won the penalty shootout, so you can keep talking. Yeah, Blake, that's all that matters. Too. That's all that matters. Anyway, we talked about Manny Perez, so... We have a big game coming up tonight at Wake Forest, but Manny Perez was called up to the U-20 United States national team. So he is one of the best 22 under-20 players for the United States of America, which I think is pretty dang cool. And he's going to be hes called up from uh, today, so he's going to miss tonight's game, all the way to September uh, 11th in uh, Bradenton, Florida, for a tournament that's going to be featuring the U-20 uh, men's team and the U-19 national team. And we'll face off in like a round robins, how they do with the World Cup, like four teams play each other and whatnot. And it's going to also feature Venezuela and Jamaica. And we're going to, um, it's going to be double headers every day. Uh, the U-19 team will play at 11, and then the U-20 team will play at 4.30. And the winner of the competition will be based on whoever has the most points um, out of all of that. Yeah, and great for Perez to be called up. Extremely excited for him. That's a great opportunity. Proud of him, but gonna of, miss all, him of all the times we would need him, tonight might might be the time where the team might need someone like that, yeah. right? And actually, for you guys that uh, you uh, uh, sports fans out there that follow soccer, uh, the U.S. youth technical director and under U twenty head coach is former Wolfpack star Tab Ramos, and he's obviously in charge of selecting that roster. So he kept an eye on his uh, alma mater, uh, NC alma mater. NC State, it's not a tomato, it's an alma mater. There you go. And he kept an eye on Manny Perez, but we, uh, we'll we have him back, you know, after this tournament. But we're going to miss him for tonight's game. Yes. NC State, number four in the country, in the entire nation. And but You don't know this, but before, um, actually you did listen to the first show. Mm-hmm. Me and John talked about, we had five games versus top uh, 10 opponents or top five opponents. It was a ridiculous slate. I think top 11 opponents. We had five games versus top 11 opponents in the preseason. And John was like, we need two. And I said, we needed three. Well, we're one and oh. We beat on the road number two Akron. And tonight, we're going on the road and playing the number one team in the country, Wake Forest. So that's over in Winston Salem. So you can't actually go to Dale Soccer Field because I was planning to go. That game is going to be amazing. Wake Forest has scored 13 goals in like four games. They are really, really good, number one in the country, and NC State has only allowed two goals all year, so we would definitely see a clash of styles. We haven't beaten Wake Forest in soccer since 2005, and we haven't won at Wake Forest in 25 years, since 1993. So that's older than me and Carson. So hopefully, but I will say it's encouraging. Two of our, we've won, we've beat three top three teams since uh, head coach uh, Greg Kiefer took over at the beginning of the 2017 season. Two of them have been on the road, including earlier when we beat number two, Akron. So that is looking uh, pretty good for us. This is our fourth straight game versus a team that won their conference the last year. Of course, Wake Forest uh, won the ACC last year and also was in the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament. But a guy to watch for Wake is uh, Bruno Lapa, who has five goals and four assists. So he's almost as good as C.R. King is for the women's team. But not quite. And we've outscored our opponents 9-2 to this year. But eight different players have scored. So Wake has this one guy who has to, he just has to go by the name Bruno. I imagine the fans just call him Bruno. And we have eight players have scored our nine goals. So a lot of balance for us um, on that match that's going to be tonight. You can watch that on ACC Network Extra. If you have Sling TV like John does, you can watch it. Maybe I'm going to have to get John to give me the sign-in for his Sling TV. Because I don't want to like divvy up like $25 a month. 
Mm-hmm. Do you have Sling TV, Carson? I don't have Sling TV, but Dang for it. tonight's game, it might be worth it. That that is true. I'm gonna think. I bet they have a free trial thing. They probably do. I might. Uh, we man. can go in together on that one. We could, but I'm doing D and D tonight. Sorry, like mega nerd stuff. Anyway, so that's all we have for the men's soccer team. On the women's side, uh, what happened like last week? What was what? What happened with the women's team? They traveled up and had some competition against some Ivy League opponents. Oh yes, the Ivy League. Oh, very. <laughs> they started very off started off at Penn. Uh, they beat them one to zero. Ziara King scored the game deciding goal in the third minute. Oh my God, she predictable, is right? Unstoppable. Come at us trying to stop Ziara King because you can't. She's just it's insane. So how that happened? Chrissy Schuster received a ball from Ricky Walkling on the right side. Crossed it to King just in front of the goal line. She just tapped it past her defender and the goalie. And it was her fourth goal in five matches. And actually, Penn was undefeated to this point. They were 3-0, and they had not allowed, allowed a goal all year. That's, so that, that, for soccer, is an extremely impressive stat. Which, for three and games, three shutouts. Exactly. And for Zaria to tap that goal in just the third minute... Um, yeah, probably caught him off guard. It's like, yeah. you can't score on us. We're in the Ivy League. They're probably not that snooty, but like it's Ivy League. Eh. I mean, we did outshoot them sixteen to four, and the Penn goalkeeper had to make six saves. Sydney Wooten had her nineteenth career shutout, which puts her in a tie for fourth in the history of NC State women's soccer. And I think she's just a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. She is no higher than a junior. She's either a sophomore or a junior, but I think she was a freshman last year because both our keepers were freshmen. Leon Crump was a freshman for the men's team as well. So both programs are trending upwards. We did not. That wasn't the only Ivy League match that we had uh, last week. Correct. We then went to Princeton. Princeton was ranked number 20 in the country. Um, the Pack defeated them 3-1. to one. Um, that, ended, that was actually their second win over top 20 team this year. Um, and we are now sitting undefeated at 5-0-1. Oh, mm-hmm. A great start for the Pack. We'll, we'll see once they get into conference play. Hopefully they can continue that. Yeah, actually, Princeton was another team that was undefeated and had not allowed a goal all year. So I guess these Ivy League uh, teams that they're playing Princeton and Penn aren't that good at scoring. Yeah, or no, great defense. Maybe great defense. Could be, but they just don't have Ziara King coming at them. I know. They're not used to that speed. At 5-0-1, this is our best start since 2008. Princeton did score first in the 23rd minute, but it was countered 19 seconds later by Paige Griffiths with her first goal of the year. And like I said, Princeton hadn't allowed a goal all season, but we just came right back at him to tie it. And it was 1-1 until the second half when Ella Bonner scored the game winner in the 84th minute. And then just icing on top of the friggin' cake, Ciara King Scored again in the 86th minute to really put the game away. So her fifth goal in six games this year. She's That's a weapon. Insane. She's a weapon. You're not supposed to do that in soccer. Sorry, I got that high pitch, but like it's just wow. We're probably we're gonna try to get her on the show um, this year. So Carson, you'll, you're gonna hear Carson interviewing CR and maybe some other athletes on the women's soccer team as well. But we're definitely gonna get that to you this semester. So one last thing, uh, yesterday we did, the women's team did play uh, George Washington. So I guess the president, presidential college. So I guess we're president now. The women's I think soccer that's team. how that works. It's exactly how it so. works because we won uh, two to zero. Led instead, not by Ziara King, but freshman Anna Tuhey scored both goals. First of her career and also had a birthday later this week. So happy belated birthday, Anna Tuhey, as well. So that moves us to 6 0 oh, 1. On the season, we're certainly going to jump up in the polls from the number 13 that we were earlier with all these games. And it extends the program's streak of undefeated at home to 14. We haven't lost a home since, since September 7th. Oh, one year. Wow. 2017. And we haven't lost a regular season game at all since November 11th of 2017. So that is pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely. 2A's game winner came in the 58th minute when Kia Rankin fed her ball to the outside. Her shot ricocheted off the far left post and bounced into the net. Um, then in the 79th minute was when she took the pass from Ziara King inside the box. Um, she finished in the bottom left corner of the net to double her team's lead. They, NC State actually outshot George Washington 13-10, to 10, so fairly balanced, but... Um, we got the goals. We got the goals. That's all that counts, right? Uh, Sydney Wooten had four saves in goal and collected her 20th career shutout. 
which ranks her, again, fourth all-time, alone fourth all-time in school history. Up next for the women's soccer team, we will return to action Sunday. That's in two days. And we're going to host Nebraska at Dale Soccer Field. That's at 1 p.m. That will also be on ACC Network Extra. So that's at home. So you guys should uh, try to go to that. Although that will be difficult because NFL football is starting up. And I'm ready for some NFL football. But we'll talk about that later on the program. Quick note about swimming and diving. Uh, the team is awesome even when they're not in season because three three uh, Wolfpack swimmers earn spots on the United States national team. Uh, current seniors, Elise Hahn and Justin Ress. And former Wolfpack senior Hannah Moore. We talked about Hannah Moore a lot uh, last year because she is really, really good. So to get on the team, you had to be uh, top six in your individual Olympic event. And uh, there were several uh, like different meets and stuff that led up to that. Both Ress and Han qualified in the 100 backstroke after top six finishes. And Ress actually had a bronze in the 100 backstroke, 100 meter backstroke. So this is long course with a time of 53.26, which was his own personal best and a team record that he already owned himself. So Coleman Stewart won the national championship in the backstroke and short course for NC State with a time of like 44 or something, which is insane mm-hmm. in uh, 100 backstroke swimming. But the long, long course is what they do in the Olympics. That's why you're probably going to see uh, Justin Rest in the Olympics instead of maybe Coleman Stewart. We might have six or seven swimmers on the Olympic team. I talked to one of the coaches earlier this year. But uh, anyway, Han had a qualifying time of 59.73, which she swam in the preliminary heats at the Phillips 66 Nationals. And that was also a personal record for her and also a team record. And she was finished in sixth place, which was enough to secure her a spot on the team. Now, that was swimming and diving. You heard about all the undefeated soccer because we still haven't lost because we're really good. But volleyball season is here, and we're in the midst of it. And we do have quite a few games for volleyball. So uh, what, what happened over this past week? What do we miss in volleyball, Carson? Volleyball started off pretty strong um, this past weekend. I think since you guys last left off, they traveled down to Dallas, Texas for the SMU. Dallas, Texas. SMU hosted a tournament there. Um, they beat SMU in four sets before going on to lose to um, They were, I think when they played them, they were ranked 13th, now currently ranked 15th Creighton. Creighton, I'm sorry. Um, it's Creighton Blue Jays. They're a Jesuit school. Person. Okay, thank you. Yeah, if you love well, Jesus, you get it right. <laughs> one thing to note about them um, Creighton is a very good team. They just, I believe, yesterday um, lost two to three sets to Nebraska, who are the defending national champions. So I think we played Nebraska last year in the beginning of the year when we started I out. Know last five. year they, they had a, a tough schedule at the beginning. Um, but so far, NC State Volleyball with mm-hmm. just two losses, again, to a great Creighton-ranked team, and then um, beating the, SMU in uh, five sets. So for that game... Um, Kenya uh, Sapton had a five-point run and forced SMU to take a timeout uh, when we were leading 16-13 uh, in the first set. Four unanswered points after a while gave us a 22-16 to advantage following a kill from Jade Parchment and a block from Melissa Evans and Kira Moore and a service ace by Grace Irvin. Yes. Do, you know Gra- do you know Grace Irvin? I know person? Grace a little bit. Um, great player. Great, great player. Um, big fan of hers. Uh, Melissa Evans continued on the blocks. Um, Just for context, for you listeners, Grace Irvin is Carson's girlfriend. Full so, disclosure. Full disclosure. Yeah, so he is a big fan. You should be. Great. You should be, Carson. In fact, we've been doing this show for 24 minutes now, and you haven't mentioned your girlfriend? No. You better hope she's not listening. Well, she's not because I just came from one of their games. They're actually playing right now. Um, we'll get into that later, but they've had a... A good early afternoon, looking to continue that into the evening, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, so you're promoting the team. So good on you, Carson, getting thank the brownie you, points. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, they, let's see, they ended up falling to Creighton, but then bounced back to finish off the tournament against Arkansas State. Um, then they are now playing this weekend as well. They just beat Wright State. They beat, beat them in three sets. You were at that game earlier. What did you see from Wright State? I was at that game. Um, I only caught the first set before I came over here, and I could tell from set one that we had this one under control. Um, NC State playing very good. Wright State had trouble defending them. Um, A lot of blocks on NC State's part, Mm -hmm. not a lot of blocks on Wright State's part. Um, The end of the first set, Wright State started showing slight vital signs, but nothing to get anybody too concerned. 
Um, so, yeah, they won that game in three sets. They play tonight at 7. If you want to come support, they play... Carson's going to be there. I will be there. They play Utah Valley tonight, and then they'll finish up on Sunday at 2 p.m. in Reynolds against Campbell. Uh, both games that I'm fully expecting NC State to win. They've been playing pretty strong this year. I know that um, some people thought last year was mm-hmm. kind of their year. They had some great players graduate. Julia Brown, yeah. um, phenomenal player. But, again, as someone who's followed a lot this year, it's, they've, had, they've had a promising start, a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really impressed by them. And so, Do you think they're a tournament team again this year? I believe so. I mean, again, it, they're, they're playing a lot of tournaments against great teams, teams that aren't as good right now. It'll be interesting as they get into the ACC mm-hmm. and the conference, um, play how they do. I do want to throw in real quick, mm-hmm. if you've never been to a volleyball game, I had not been until I really got to college. But watching Melissa Evans kill that ball or Tenny block it, they, they are very exciting. And um, if you've not been, you're missing out. You need to just go to one because, like you said, with soccer, yeah, you know, kind of surprising you and, and enjoying that as much as football or maybe more so, um, these volleyball games now, these, these girls hit that ball hard. And it, it's, it's an exciting game back and forth the whole way. And if you don't go for that, just the fact that you get to go to a game in Reynolds Coliseum, right. which is just beautiful, 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 amazing, amazing venue. So Reynolds Coliseum is cool enough. So that is all we have for the non-revenue sports. We're going to take a uh, a quick break and play you some music from actually a good friend of mine, Cade Pace. Um, he, I asked him, I was like, hey, you got any music? I could play some music on the show today. And he was like, yeah, I, I got you something. So this is a song from a good friend of mine, Cade, and this is called Full, uh, Far. It's three letters. Why did, why did I see an O there? Oh, my gosh. It's called Far, and it's by the Long Pigs. Benjamin Denton, Carson Wise on 88.1 WKNC coming at you live on this Friday afternoon. Also, uh, I even forgot to mention this, but in case you didn't notice, we're on an hour later than we uh, normally are. So uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us for an extra hour. You did get to hear the hopscotch, so that was pretty cool. But thank you for uh, sticking with us for that uh, first hour that we weren't here and we're back here at 5. So kind of like the old show time when we were live at 5 on Wednesdays. Next week, still four, though. This yeah, is yeah. just the one-week-only deal. Yeah, one week because of the hopscotch. So, yeah, next week, like Carson uh, said, it's going to be back at four. So don't change your schedules around so much. Like, don't sign up for any classes in that time or, you know, try to get off work earlier like I know you guys normally do. But on, on all seriousness, no, thank you. If you're listening right now, I appreciate it. And we understand that uh, time is, like, the most valuable thing you have. And if you can, if you give us some of that time by listening to us, Talk about NC State sports and all the other sports on the radio. Good on you. Appreciate that. But enough of that. NC State football. A lot of people like to talk about football. And we had a game versus the James Madison Dukes. Most people know. Most people know. Um, 24 to 13, we were able to come out on top. Carson, you were at the game. What did you think of that performance by the Wolfpack? I was at the game, and the score, 24-13, um, it, was a, it was a little tighter than that would lead you to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the big takeaway from that game was the Finley to Jacoby connection. Yeah. You know, we, that was actually John's X Factor I do last think week I remember that. I on think the I show, so kudos, John. That was good. That was a good call by him. Yeah, I think, again, everyone knew Kelvin Harmon. I think that's what maybe what JMU expected. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, last season, Jacoby played well, but I think that it was a little uncertain if he was going to be dominant this year, you know, what his role might be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because his... we had just so much talent at exactly. wide receiver as well. Stephon Lewis, Emeka Amizi came in, coming out. I think he started, right? What do you have, like Did, six receptions for like 65 yards or something like that? Yeah, and I, I know Steph Lewis was actually out um, in this past game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that. That, that may have opened it up for some other guys to, to prove themselves. I know Thayer Thomas, former walk-on, first, yeah. first touchdown of the season, um, also had a big punt return, so that was good to also, see. Also, was that his only reception? Is he one for one? 
He may be. He might. That's better than Julio he Jones, man. That is. <laughs> he may want to stop there. All right, so just for context, if you listen to the show last week, you know this, but JMU is a pretty good team. Like, they're not a bad FCS squad. They're in the FCS, but they were third last year. I think they, would you say, they, they lost were, in the national championship? Second. Yeah, I think they lost in the national championship game that came down to the end. Um, transfers from Ohio State on defense. Their quarterback was from Pitt, who yeah. played. I in, recognize that name, Ben DiNucci. Yeah. It's a he, cool name. He gave NC State in the first half last season all they wanted and was, and again, that game NC State did end up winning. Yeah. Um, but he's. You know, they have a lot of FBS-type talent who just, for whatever reason, filter um, to JMU. So they're, they're yeah, that one year. That was you, right? You were at, you started out at Virginia Tech as a kicker, and then you transferred down to a lower level so you wouldn't have to sit out. Correct, yep. And then you came to NC State, so that was pretty exactly. cool. And now you're on Packers Life Sports Show. I so know. It's only downhill up. from here, Carson. No, it's uphill. <laughs> no, like this is the top. This is where you get. Oh, uh, that's true. You that's don't get true. any better that's than true. this, Carson. But some statistics for you guys. Um, we were 11 of 16 on third down, which was really cool and really good. And also, wow, that's a great analysis by me. Really cool, really good. Uh, Ryan Finley was 29 of 43 for 309 yards, two touchdowns, and typical Ryan Finley, no interceptions. So how much of a difference do you think that makes for us that we have a, a really good quarterback, B, a really good quarterback who does not turn the ball over for us? Well, that's huge. I think last year, um, I can't exactly remember how the turnover margin, but basically every game that NC State won, their mm-hmm. turnover margin was like plus one, and then all the games they lost, if you look at it, it was it was like minus. I can't remember exactly where the cutoff was, but um, especially in college football, taking care of the ball is critical and someone like Ryan Finley um you know last year went the first maybe half of the season or so without turning the ball yeah, over, over 300 attempts without an interception which I forgot either set the school record or came really close to uh beating Russell Wilson's record wow I'm yep. not really sure I think Russell Wilson was in the 380s and Finley may have got to the 360s if I'm remembering correctly he may have broke the record we did talk about it on the show last year but yeah. another thing that was uh you and I were just discussing before the show was all the young talent that got to play on Sunday versus JMU. Exactly. I think I mean you saw how many players got drafted. I think what maybe seven, eight or so. The entire uh, front of the defense. Exactly. Was, A lot of defensive players. Keeping most of our guys on offense, aside mm-hmm. from Naheem, who is an explosive, you know, that, that hurts a little bit with that speed. Yeah. Um I don't blame him for leaving though, but like he's, true. he's in Indianapolis. You're gonna see him on Sunday, probably returning kicks. I don't know if he, he had some fumbling problems in the preseason. So he's probably not going to see the field a lot as a running back, but as a kick returner and punt returner, is that game-changing speed. But like we are saying, 19 players saw their first action in the game against JMU, which if you had said before the game that would happen, I'd be like, okay, yeah, because we're going to stomp them and then we'll let our backups play. But that was a close game. Reggie Gillespie didn't get the game clincher until late in the fourth quarter. And so we were playing young players their first action ever in a game that we could have possibly lost. So what does that tell you about the talent that we have at our disposal right now? Well, yeah, like you said, these young players were playing in key roles. Um, One thing that NC State football kind of prides itself on is the development aspect of their players. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at, we'll take Bradley Chubb, for instance. We've all seen the pictures and everything when he first got here versus – when he left here, yeah. um, completely different. Going to see him a lot on Sunday. Exactly. Completely different player, completely different body. And so, um, yeah, NC State really works to try to build their players up so they're ready. And so to see that we had 19 um, new players, I think this is an exciting time to see kind of how they further develop. You know, these are a lot of guys where we might not be super familiar with their names mm-hmm. yet, but just, again, with how NC State likes to treat their guys, kind of build them up from the ground, I think these are names that will be starting to become common household names around Raleigh pretty soon. Yeah, and we're not going to have Ryan Finley after this year. He's going to get be playing on Sundays as well. So it'll be fun to see who plays quarterback um, next year. So coming up this Saturday, that's tomorrow, we have a 12-30 kickoff versus the Georgia State Panthers. And to me, this is the big rivalry game of the year, strictly because my cousin goes to Georgia State. And so I'm definitely going to be texting him and talking to him. Like that whole sect of the family is Falcons fans. And like I'm a huge Panthers fan, and we would um they always we always did bets for every Falcons Panthers game. So one year I think I had to walk around Atlanta with them wearing like a size too small uh, Julio Jones jersey or Roddy White jersey 
I think. It was a really tight shirt. And, um, I mean, it wasn't bad because I was in Atlanta wearing an Atlanta jersey. But it just hurt my soul, really, to be wearing that jersey. All because we lost and had a lot of confidence in the Panthers team. But that's right, Max. Georgia State is going to be going down this Saturday. Though they're not bad. They're, they're not, not bad. bad. Yeah, they... They've only been playing football for nine years. Um, they Again, they haven't been bad this last season. I believe they won eight of their last 11 games. Nice. Uh, nice. Wow. So, you know, the, nobody to take lightly. Personally, I I feel JMU uh, may would even beat this squad because, like we said, JMU is kind of the powerhouse of FCS. May, um, could you say they're the App State on the FCS? They they could be. Uh, that App State-Penn State game was wait, one. Wait, wait, Is App State FBS now? App State is FBS, yeah. Yeah, they're in the Sun Belt, right? Yeah, I'm not sure their conference, but they're FBS. Yeah, they're sure. in the, yeah that's the uh, Georgia State's from the Sun Belt as well. But uh, Georgia State's nothing to sneeze at. They do have a really good player, uh, Penny Hart. He's a preseason All-American. He's actually first among all active wide receivers in receiving yards per game at 83 and receptions per game at 5.6. So that's average. So that's even higher than, say, Kelvin Harmon. Not saying he's better than Kelvin Harmon, but a lot of times you see these lower-level schools run the ball a lot. But Georgia State, we're probably not going to see that. If they have a guy that's averaging six receptions and 80 yards a game over his career, this is probably going to be a team that's going to be throwing the ball around a lot. Yeah, but I, I think this is absolutely going to be an air raid offense. Uh, it would be a challenge for the DBs to step up to and kind of um, – Put the defense on their back a little bit. They'll have to. They'll have to kind of be the ones to lock it down. But um, you know, after the first, the first game, first couple games, always mm-hmm. is a lot of growing pains. Um, and you know, I think you know, you kind of get that first game under your belt. Kind of look at your strengths, weaknesses, and you know, they 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 have a game of film to go off now on them. Um, I think they they put together a game plan and just protect the deep ball, protect the little outs and everything, and uh, you know, hopefully. Hopefully they force them to have to look outside of just their air raid. and uh, Or just Penny Hart in yeah, general. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, he seems to be their main guy. So after seeing the game versus JMU, where we really struggled with stopping the run for the quarterback, the running back did okay. Like, he didn't run all over us by any means, but he wasn't just completely stuffed all the time. Of course, you're not going to expect the D-line to be as good as it was last year. All four of those guys are in the NFL. A couple of them are starting. B.J. Hill is actually going to be starting for the Giants as well as Bradley Chubb starting for the Broncos. But would you, after seeing uh, the game on Saturday, do you think NC State would fare better against teams that are run-heavy or teams that are pass-heavy? Who do you think has uh, more chance to really hurt us for the rest of the year based on what you saw on Saturday? It's a tough one to call because it is early. So many yeah. new faces. I mean, everyone on the defensive line is new in terms of starting. There, there's some playtime scattered around. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think it's it's still early to make conclusions and jump to conclusions about, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we struggle with the run, we struggle with this or whatnot. We did struggle stopping um, the quarterback from running. Yeah, we did. But, again, the first game, you know, you're working out, you know, a, a new group who's not played together yet outside of practices and scrimmages. Um, you know, I, I think with our D-line coach, I think they kind of get, get the D-line mm-hmm. sewed up pretty well. Um I think we have a lot of new linebackers too, but yeah, one name, I, Jermaine Pratt. I don't, I don't know if he always gets a ton of um, outward publicity, but he, he had the uh, interception versus Louisville and ran Lamar over. The, yeah, that brought the house down. So yeah, he's a fantastic player. Um, is he kind think, of a hybrid safety linebacker? Does he do kind of like both, or is he strictly a linebacker? He's, I think he's a little of both. He maybe not as much safety, but he will kind of cover out in the flat some and. Um, you know, I, I just think under his leadership, um, the new linebackers and whatnot, they, he'll kind of bring them together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think run-wise and even like, you know, when quarterbacks scrambling around, I think we'll, we'll end up being fine. Um, I think this will be a good test for us getting ready for West Virginia. Yeah. Another, wow. another team that likes to throw the ball. That'll be the matchup of the quarterbacks right there. Yeah, Will Greer, Ryan Finley. If we can skip ahead, not just skip over Georgia State, but you did bring in West Virginia. Did you get a chance to watch them on opening weekend? I did watch them. Um, I think that was one of the games where they were delayed halfway through, oh, yeah. so that was kind yeah. of interesting one. But I, I, I just think Georgia State will be a good um, gauge and kind of a good way to prepare for West Virginia. Again, not overlooking anybody, but 
if you play Georgia State and your your air your pass defense fares well, I think that's a good sign moving forward. Mm-hmm. If you struggle, then that gets you at least a warning. Maybe we need to look at some things and get ready for uh, West Virginia, who you know is going to have good players going down down the field. Um, you know, running all sorts of mm-hmm. all sorts of ways. That's the home. That's where Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey and Geno Smith. I mean, yeah. I know he's nothing. He's not been much in the NFL, but Geno Smith. I can remember a time where he hadn't thrown an interception halfway through the season in college football, and West Virginia was one of the premier offenses, and they still have the coach, Dana Holgerson. He's lost a lot of hair, but he's still there at West Virginia, and so that's going to be a big matchup for us. So back to Georgia State. Counting to conclude this, what do you, um, if, if score-wise, do you think we're going to struggle, in air quotes, with, with Georgia State like we did with JMU, or do you think this is a game that we put away easily in the second half? Um, coming into the JMU game, I was a little more questionable just because I knew JMU was a great team, great mm-hmm. squad in terms of, uh, you know, that one might be, I know, I think there was a prediction of like a 20 point or so on that one win. And I thought that was going to be tight. This Georgia state game, personally, I see, um, the pack not having too much struggles with, I think they got that first game while it was a good team. I think they may have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to, you know, put this one away a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would, I would think at least maybe a 14, you know, two score game two score on game. this one. Um, but again, it all, it all really is going to come down to if we can stop their pass. Do you think, uh, Myers is going to have a big game like he did last time? Or do you think it's going to be Harmon? And like pick your poison. You th- do you think we're going to see like an eight reception, 160 yard game from either of those guys against this team? I just don't see how the Jacoby Finley connection can really be stopped because him in the slot, you know, if you put one guy on him, he can cut out, cut in. Um, it's just mm-hmm. kind of those short passes, but then with his speed, you know, he's able to make that short pass into a long one. Um, so you- I, I see Jacoby being successful as long, you know, barring. I know there, it seemed like in JMU he got knocked up a little bit a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, uh, but I, barring anything like that, I don't see Jacoby and Finley being able to be stopped by anyone. Um, that may and JMU have come from them anticipating Kelvin a little bit, um, but just really completely different play styles. You know, if if you're smaller and shorter than Kelvin, he's going to get the ball from you um, like every time. Yeah, and so that's really NC State's pass game right now is just any weakness they're able to exploit. They kind of have the whole, um, they've got the quarterback who not only has talent but makes good decisions, um, protects the ball. They've got the speed and shiftiness in Jacoby. They've got Kelvin going up. Just grabbing uh, everything. Disrespecting people. (laughs) Um, And then some other names, like we said, Thayer Thomas had a touchdown. C.J. Riley, I think he's one of the fastest guys on the team. He doesn't Mm -hmm. get as many. um, he's a similar build to uh, Myers, though, too. Yeah, he's he's taller though. He's really tall. Um, he's he seems to me be kind of like a uh, down the field runner because, um, mm-hmm. like I said, he's really fast. He had a touchdown, I believe, in JMU. Yeah, so great catch over in the left corner of the end zone. Yeah, so really good luck to defensive coordinators in the coming <laughs> weeks who have to prepare for the pass game. And um, you know, if you, you compensate too much on that, then maybe that's when Gillespie and some of the other guys get some openings. And I think his uh, his Twitter is like the bus or something I like that. I think it is, yeah. So, yeah, the bus is going to get running if you concentrate too much on stopping those wide receivers. So we're going to take uh, one more break. I'm going to play you a song that was uh, selected by your boy John. Um, this is Revolution by Van Williams. And we're gonna uh, come when we come back, we're going to talk about the Panthers, the Cowboys, fantasy football, upset of the week, lock of the week in the NFL. We're going to talk about a lot of football, so don't go anywhere. This is Revolution. His Life Sports Show, Benjamin Denton, Carson Wise, coming at you live on NC State's campus, keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest of NC State. And we're going to take you home for the rest of this program. We're going to be talking about NFL football in some form or fashion. Now, we were debating, we were going to talk about the Panthers first, but once I get started talking on the Panthers, it's I really lose track of time. 
and we might not have time for our picks. And Carson, this week, you and I are going to pick, but your picks will count as John's. So depending on how how well you want John to be in this competition, which I will say, I did beat him in last year. So I won this last year. So you can do me a huge favor and pick some really bad games. Or you can... Uh, well, actually, John could probably text me his picks. But we're going to count these as his picks. Because this is on Pack is Life. The Pack is Life person sitting across from Benjamin's picks. Mm-hmm. So we do an upset of the week. We do a lock of the week. So what is your lock of the week? Guarantee that I could say is going to win. John, I hope you approve of these. I'm I'm doing my best for you here. I, I'm we got to get a win back on Ben from last year. Um, Whoa! My, now this is two on one. Now this is no, two I'll on take, one. I'll absolutely. T- I'll bring it on. Bring it on, Carson. We'll All see. Right. We'll see where it goes. My my luck for this week is Ravens over Bills. Um, Go Bills. Not yeah right. <laughs> not not much going on that. Not not a big on the Bills um, quarterback Nathan Peterman. <laughs> not sure if they're going to be able to get it done. Yeah, because they traded McCarron. That's right. Um, you know, just don't don't feel that it's the Bills' year this year, but you know we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, the Ravens have three quarterbacks better than Nathan Peterman. Yeah, with Flacco, RG three, and Lamar Jackson. That, that just seems unfair. So I'm going Ravens lock on that one. Um, upset? Or you want to go your lock? No, you go your upset. I, I'll I'll go I'm upset. not going to be upset about it. Okay, my I upset. <laughs> you ready? Browns over Steelers. Really. I that think, is bold. I think I think this is finally when the Browns kind of break John's out not of there. Happy about that pick. He will be next week. Like, just wait. like I don't. He had a retreat, so I don't know if he's able to listen to the show or not. But he's going. He might listen on podcasts. So I've Browns been, over I've, Steelers. I've been hearing some good things about the Browns. They seem that they seem like they might be getting it together. They a little are more. starting to Rod Taylor at quarterback. Correct. Um, uh huh. Not, not a big Steelers guy either, so that's that that might be playing into it a little bit as well. Um, one quick note that I saw um, in related to the Browns, they are starting undrafted free agent Desmond Harris from West Georgia this week. Um, that's a story that I really like. I love hearing that. You know, the, the guys that aren't mm-hmm. maybe first, second, third rounders, they kind of just get in there, do their job, and grind it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that'll be exciting if you're looking to pay attention to somebody on the line. Wow. Un- when undrafted, starting week yeah, one. Think about who he's replacing. Joe Thomas. True. Arguably one of the best offensive linemen to ever step on a football field. I don't think he ever missed a snap. I know he never missed a game, but I almost I think he never missed a snap. Or he may have late in the year, but goodness gracious. Big shoes to fill for sure. But, again, that guy came in, worked. Uh, made a name for himself, and it'll be exciting to kind of see how how he goes from being undrafted a couple of months ago till starting in week one right now. Yeah, that's what Andrew Norwell did for the Panthers, and then we paid Matt Khalil so much money we couldn't pay Norwell when he proved to be one of the best uh, guards in the NFL. But anyway, my upset in lock, which will go 2-0, and just a very cool, crisp 2-0. and My upset of the week, Texans over Patriots. Deshaun Watson is going to be the face of the NFL in a couple of years. I liked him so much at Clemson, even though he beat us. But he was he's just he's just a really good quarterback, also a really good guy. Sometimes there's people that get drafted really high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Florida State, and they're not good people, but they're good quarterbacks in air quotes, and Jameis Winston's turning out not to be so good. Which anyway, Deshaun Watson's a great dude and also a great quarterback, and he has weapons to throw to, just mainly DeAndre Hopkins, but he has other guys, but Hopkins is all he really needs. And this is a guy that took over the NFL in his, like, five games that he was able to play before he got injured. And I think that they're going to beat the Patriots. And it's it's J.J. Watts coming back, too. Can't forget about him. Patriots True. are going to lose. That's going to make me very happy. Watt was out all last season, right? Yep, almost he's, all of it or all of it, yeah. He's, that's, he's almost a new face back in the NFL. You know, he took, he took Imagine a, getting J.J. Watt as a rookie again. Like, you got J.J. Right? Watt all over again. It's like, I wonder how good this guy is going to be. Lock of the week, got to be Saints over Bucks. I hate to say it, but the Saints are really good. And it, it pains my soul that they are very good, but they are. Their defense is really good. Drew Brees is really good. They have so many weapons on offense. Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram, who's suspended for the first four games, by the way. And, you know, of course, Alvin Kamara, a fantastic offensive line. It's just, oh, I just hate myself so much for having to talk about how good the Saints are. But they're really good. We have to contend with them in division, but they're going to stomp the Buccaneers. It's not even going to be close. Interesting picks. I, I like the lock one, but 
Belichick and Brady, that's a tough one. We'll, we'll see how You're it plays out. You're picking the Browns to win. They haven't won in like two years, Carson. They haven't won a game. It's fair. That's fair. It's okay, but I'm glad you're doing that because these are counting for John's picks. But, I, man, it's the show has went by really fast. It's the it's three minutes left. We got fan, we got time for fantasy for our. Oh yeah, fantasy overhyped, overhyped. Uh, really quick. Uh, I think Mark Ingram is getting taken too high in all these drafts because he's going to be missing a lot of games. He's going to be missing four games. People are taking him high, and Le'Veon Bell might not even play this year, and people are taking him number one in the overall. Taking that guy definitely too high. What about fantasy football? Carson, you had your draft last night. Who's getting taken too high? Maybe not necessarily too high. Probably in the top five or six still, but I'm very excited about Saquon Barkley. Um, I think he gets a lot of touches with the Giants. We pretty much know that by now. I'm yeah, excited to see how, how... Stu might get those goal line carries, man. True, true, but I, I just think this is potentially a um, great year for him. Not my player that I think is a little too hot too drafted too high right now sorry um is Odell um great player great talent I just interesting dude I just say I feel like there's a lot of distractions and I just feel like with that many distractions might be hard to maintain a high high level of play but we'll see we'll I know he just got a big paycheck I believe so we'll see if he uh yeah wow two minutes to talk about the Panthers we're playing Dallas it is the biggest opening weekend, opening week game for Carolina since like 2004 when we hosted the Packers. Finally, the rest of the country is going to have to talk out about us before we go 5-0 and because we're playing the Cowboys, and Lord knows, for some reason, we talk about the Cowboys all over the country every single week. Uh, our weakest weak point is going to be the offensive line. Dallas is out there all-pro center Travis Frederick, though, and so I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I think the Panthers are going to win. Oh, we should pick Panther games. What do you think? Who's going to win, Dallas or Carolina? This counts for John's pick. I'll go Panthers. Panthers? Okay. Good good dude. Because I would have had to throw you out of the studio if you picked Dallas. But actually, I wouldn't have. I would have been happy. Because the Panthers are going to win. That's my pick. And it would have counted as John's pick, and he would have been wrong. Because we're going to pick locks and upsets, and then uh, Panthers games this year. And so, spoiler alert, my picks will always be the Panthers winning, probably. I'm a very optimistic fan, and like... When we went 15-1, and one, I said this last week on the show, but you weren't here. Stepping in and subbing in, uh, Carson, and I look forward to you know working with you for the future of the show with the correspondence with the athletes and whatnot. And uh, that's all we have for you today. This has been Packers Life Sports Show. I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm Carson Wise. Bye, y'all.